Hello. Welcome to another episode of Geekly Reveal. It's that show where we reveal things from last week in a geekly sense. As always, it's your, uh, it's your co-host Dom, aka Brother Dom, and uh, feeling under the weather, but as always, I'm joined by one of the greatest co-hosts of all time. Would you like to tell the people who you are? Yeah, hi, it is I, Stephanie, aka Captain Steph on Twitter, aka The Snow Queer on Tumblr, and I am not feeling my hottest either, but we're going to give it a solid go this week. <laughs> yeah, see, we're, uh, we're committed to... To something. Yeah. (laughs) Committed to bringing y'all that hot content. Apologies for uh, missing last week's character reveal. I've been under the weather for a few days and stuff at work's been shuffling around and the technical issues. So my apologies for that. But so that means next week when I was supposed to be, we're supposed to be taking a break, you'll be getting an episode then. So it all shakes out. So uh, how, how are you feeling today, Steph, besides feeling under the weather, as you said so far? Oh, not too bad. I got to work from home today, so, you know, didn't have to put on pants for a while. Got some stuff done right out of the gate after work time was over. I didn't have to worry about that, like, 40-minute commute in there, so. (laughs) So I I always hear about how much people hate pants. Like, I'll never understand because I don't don't have such a a hatred towards pants myself. Um, It's just not something I have to deal with. I don't know. I worked from home today, too, because of sickness and details that i'll spare the audience but you know i just need an extra day to sit around a little bit in the comfort of my home fair enough but you did put on pants is what you're saying i always wear pants i um i always have my li- I, I don't know i just like having my thighs covered um <laughs> i don't know I, I sleep in pants most of the time unless it's really hot uh you know i'm just a mm-hmm. shorts pants kind of guy I don't, I don't know. fair enough whatever it's- <laughs> so we got some good stuff on tap today. It's another another beefy episode. So let's jump right in. Let's do it. So there's a so there's news that there's a Super Nintendo World coming to Universal Japan, and that's an awesome prospect to hear about. You hear anything about this? I have not. Tell me about it. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds awesome. I've never <clears throat> been to Universal Japan. I've been to Tokyo Disney Disneyland, not Disney Sea, because we only had one day. But hmm. I would love I'd... to see a Super Nintendo World. Yeah, I'm thinking it's essentially like Harry Potter Land, only but with Nintendo stuff. That would uh, be fabulous. I, I think that's pretty much all it is, is like Nintendo-themed rides and attractions. And I, I think I saw some stuff about it, but I forgot what it was. But it just seems pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I don't see myself going to Universal Japan anytime soon, but if I ever <laughs> get the chance, hopefully it's after the creation of Super Nintendo World, which is a fun title as well. Yeah, probably likely. I mean, are you planning to travel internationally anytime in the next probably like eighteen months? Nope. Then or the next probably the next ten, at least <laughs> eh, four years at the minimum. So I'm there sure it'll be there if I'm there. But that's a uh, that's cool stuff. That's cool stuff. And another thing that I did see on the internet, which mm-hmm. is where I see most things, um, there's a new convention uh, in the works. It's being kickstarted currently. Uh, by Black Girl Nerds and some other people. It's uh, called Universal Fan Con, which is, as it sounds, a fan convention that's uh, pretty much anybody, you know. It's uh, intentionally created to be inclusive rather than just, like, existing and also later attacking on, like, the addendum that they're being inclusive. Right. And it, it seems pretty cool to have some celebrity... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like endorsement, maybe? Yeah, endorsement, um, spon- not not financial sponsors, but 
like people support. who are yeah support people who are signed on to come as guests or whatever. Yeah, already. so that's uh, that's good news, and it's uh, I think it's going to be in 2018, so it's a full year away. They're not trying to do a rush job on this or anything, so. Um, we'll leave the Kickstarter link in the notes. Um, as of now, I haven't kickstarted it or anything like that, so there's technically not a conflict of interest, but I probably would like to. And Seems like yeah, a I'm, cool thing to go to, so we're thinking about it. Yeah, so, and as of recording, um, I'd assume we're not affiliated with it, so it's not that kind of a plug. It's just something that seems cool, so uh, go check it out and see if it's what you might like. Yeah. So this next one... Uh, next thing we have on the news is special to me, but I don't necessarily know its significance in a few ways, because <laughs> um, I'm not part of the fandom, but we have a black woman leading the next Star Trek, the the show, and yeah, from the so... standpoint of uh, women of color, so people of color, I'm black myself, this is awesome. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I wouldn't know if this is, if there's a precedent for this, so what do you uh, know about let, this? Let me say, let me jump in there. Um... So the actress from The Walking Dead, her name is Denise Martin Green, is going to be the lead in the Star Trek in Star Trek Discovery, which is the new um, Brian Fuller-led Star Trek series that CBS is going to be putting out next year. On the upside, this is the first time that a black woman has been the lead character in a Star Trek series. On the downside, she's not the captain; she's going to be like the the um the second in commands. And it is, on one side, it's also, it's the first time a Star Trek series has been kind of told from the, not the captain's perspective. So it's a chance to get a different, I don't want to say perspective again, but it's a chance to get a different kind of take on the the stories that Star Trek tells. Okay. But it's also kind of a bummer. Hopefully, Brian Fuller seems committed to casting a very diverse crew. It's already got um, Anthony Rapp who was originally in Rent, um, one of the original cast members of Rent, t- signed on to play the first openly gay Star Trek member, or cast member. Um, well, I mean, he is openly gay, or, sorry, Anthony Rapp is queer, but I'm not sure, I, I can't remember if he is bi or gay, but the Most character... Must be figured out quickly. Yeah, the character he is playing on, um, on Star Trek Discovery will be the first openly gay Star Trek character. Um, okay. Hmm. So yes, his 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 Wikipedia says that he identifies as queer, but primarily homosexual. But has been in love with women. So, to respect people's labels, I believe the word would be queer in this case. There you go. So science. Woo. Gotta love the internet. <laughs> and has been on Law and Order SVU, so you know he's a quality actor. Every actor in the known universe has been on Law and Order SVU. Well, they should be. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess there are a lot of quality actors out there. There's some. There's a few. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, I'm pretty excited for it. It's the first Star Trek series that we've had in a while, and it seems to be more in line with the Star Trek ethos than the first two like feature movies had been. The second, the third one was more Star Trek-y than the rest of the uh, than the other two in the franchise, but it still is kind of like a, an action movie with Star Trek characters. Whereas this, I'm looking forward to it being more of a Star Trek show as opposed to just a <laughs> sci-fi show that happens to like, in, like cast, like, like use the Starfleet names. But he also, I think he also had been throwing around names like 
like Viola Davis or someone to play the captain. So hopefully there will be. Well, they haven't cast the captain yet. They haven't cast the captain yet. So hopefully they'll stick around with carrying that diversity up to the the top of the uh, the tier there. Okay, so that that would be very nice and would piss off all the right people. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they, I think they might need some star power. Um, uh, like um, hey. oh yes. <laughs> um, I, I don't know who else is in this, but um, the, these two so far they seem like, from what I could tell, and what I've seen, really good actors, actresses, and that sort of thing. But are there like any like big mainstream, easily recognizable names on this show? Um, right now, Michelle Yeoh has been cast to play, I think, the science officer, and Doug Jones is also going to be in it, but I only know him as the zombie guy in Hocus Pocus. I'm sure he's been in other things since <laughs> then. But. Okay, I just say that because I know they're doing a weird payment model with this. Like, the first sh- the first episode's going to be on broadcast TV, but the rest are on, like, is it CBS or ABC yes, or NBC? CBS All Access on their, like, streaming only. Yeah, who has that? Um, yeah, nobody. So, like, Hulu, Amazon, Netflix, I have faith in your show, but... Even HBO Go, maybe even Showtime, but I, I don't know. It feels like they either have far too much faith in this <laughs> show or nowhere near enough. Either way, it'd be nice to, you know, I don't know. I, I'd like to see it do well. Yeah, I agree. So, that's, that's good news all around. And speaking of race stuff, uh, the Doctor Strange director owned up to the whitewashing in Doctor Strange. Because <laughs> there's only but so long the denial will carry you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so basically, he just kind of... I, I saw this interview. Uh, we can link it in the show notes as well. Because I haven't read the whole thing. I just kind of skimmed it because my interest in Doctor Strange is but so much. Still minimal. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's very minimal. Uh, but basically just kind of admitted that, you know, they were trying to avoid some of the crass stereotypes that were in the original Doctor Strange lore with the ancient one, but kind of stumbled them into some other territory. I mean, he said that he knew about whitewashing in the sense of uh, white people don't... Yeah, like doing yellow face, he knew that was a problem. So, I don't know. It yeah. seemed like a guy who wanted to do the right thing, but just didn't have the understanding to do the right thing yeah so like he said he talks about like he knew that there was the potential of a dragon lady stereotype like they wanted to cast the ancient one as a woman but they knew there was potential of that being a dragon lady stereotype so they were like okay well we'll use a white lady instead but i feel like they they missed the step in the middle there of well you can like there are stereotypes that are based in reality that if you you if you write them carefully and with nuance are not stereotypes like yeah, like you can, you can have base... an asian woman not be a stereotype <laughs> yeah like you can have an asian woman who is a mysterious otherworldly spiritual leader without her necessarily falling into an asian or like a dragon lady stereotype like look at legend of korra like you've got the entire Bayfong family even moana to an extent yeah like i mean well it's not Asian necessarily, but still has, like, mystical older lady that doesn't seem to be stereotypical. She's just kind of, hey, I'm smart, and I'm a lady. Yeah, so, and, like, and he he 
seems to have learned something from the whole process in that he says that he had like he had considered whitewashing in the in the sense of white people being cast to play Asian roles, like the yellowface side of things, but he hadn't realized that it was also whitewashing to um, to take away Asian r- roles that could go to Asian people, like roles that were uh, like to to not continue to continuously not create roles for Asian people is also I mean, a form a... of whitewashing, which is it's kind of two hundred one level whitewashing, but it's still. I guess in his defense, like that's how far behind Hollywood is. Well, media and cultures right now is that it's that we are we're barely at the two hundred one stage because, you know. I, that that is a good point to say. Hey, you know, we wouldn't want I don't know any any character that's Asian. You wouldn't want a white person to play them because that's clear whitewashing. But then there's the roles of people like you saying these don't necessarily have to be anybody. You know, it's um yeah, like it's, kind of like roles that don't necessarily have to have a race attached to them. Yeah, like Superman doesn't, the Flash doesn't, Batman arguably could, Captain America arguably could. Wonder Woman doesn't have to be any ethnicity. So anytime they've... I guess the problem with a lot of <laughs> stuff in Hollywood is that most of the Asian characters or other people of char- people of color characters were written so specifically, you have to be this ethnicity, <laughs> that it's more blatant. So a character like the Ancient One, whose lore is Asian, but doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily have to be themselves, I could see how someone could get tripped up. However, the internet didn't miss this from the get-go so you had plenty of time to realize this on the other hand yeah like that's what i was i was thinking about that when i was writing my rogue one review actually because there's a character in rogue one who is like kind of like a martial arts monk kind of character like he's very like he's force he's not a jedi but he's force sensitive and he's very um like his fighting style is very like uh, martial arts, like, Eastern martial arts based, and I, when I was thinking about it, I was like, man, this guy is, like, it, he's played by Donnie Yen, he's an Asian guy, um, and I was like, this is a really stereotypical kind of character, and then I was like, yeah, but also, Star Wars has been borrowing from Eastern <laughs> mythology for 40 years, and this is the first Asian character of note in the whole series, so... Yeah, it's not like it, he wasn't using skills other people haven't thus far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's not like, and like, it's like, it's more like after like a series of movies with like White Aang in them, they were finally <laughs> like, oh yeah, this is, these are, this is based on Asian mythology. Maybe we should let an Asian guy have Maybe. This. <laughs> you know, it's like if you had a, if you had a series of books or shows that were all about not rap or hip-hop, but something that was vaguely hip-hop inspired. Then after a while, and they had, like, gangsters and just kind of, you know, other stereotypes of black culture, but they weren't played by black people. And then you had one thug that was a black person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it was like, man, that guy's really a stereotype. But they ripped off a whole bunch of other stuff from the culture, and this guy doesn't really seem out of place. It's just that, you know, done in reverse. If this was the first movie, I'm sure... Like, if Rogue One was the first Star Wars movie, yeah, this would look pretty bad. <laughs> but mm-hmm. in reverse, it's kind of like, yeah, Asian people do, in fact, exist in space. Who would yeah. have thought? Yeah, and I think, it, like, going back to the Doctor Strange thing one more time, because I don't feel like I got my point across as eloquently as I would have liked to, is <laughs> that um, 
and they're I am umming, so God knows that I won't this time either. But there are there's a difference between making a stereotypical character and making a character who has an authentic connection to their culture. Yeah. Like there are behaviors that there's a way of there's a fine line. And it's not even necessarily a fine line, but there's a line to walk between writing a character who is an authentically black character, like in like in a way that is like that feels authentic to black people, like Luke Cage versus like Rhodey or something. Like Rhodey is and I think has historically been a black character, but there's nothing necessarily about Rhodey that has to be black, whereas Luke Cage's oh, story sure. is tied to his blackness, and, it, like, it's not a story that you can tell about a white guy. Absolutely. I mean, that comes... That's... Yeah, that's the point I was trying to make. There's there's roles that are... The character playing them or the actor is just incidentally this person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's roles where, no, that's... It's very much about them. Uh, I mean, you can even take the Rush Hour movies. The uh, the dynamic between a black guy and an Asian guy really pushes the narrative of these movies, whether it's for good or bad. That's definitely... Like, you couldn't take Jackie Chan or Chris Tucker's characters and make them a different race, or the movie just wouldn't work out quite the same. Yeah, um, like, a lot of the... Like, the even, like the, like, the cultural misunderstandings of the movie would be different if you changed the races of the different people. For sure. Like, you wouldn't be able to make the same jokes or anything like that. Yeah, and that's what I was saying, you know. So, like like you said, Rhodey, uh, Falcon, to an extent, as he's played in the, in the movies, at least, these mm-hmm. characters could be changed to anything. Um, Hawkeye could be any ethnicity, really. I mean, he could just uh, switch Hawkeye out to be anybody. Yeah. I mean, Hawkeye's race or gender has no effect on that character in the movies whatsoever, other than has a family, has a vague, are, will they, won't they, in one of the movies with one of the characters. That could be, it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the uh, the comic book hawk, the Kate Bishop, the uh, the other Hawkeye in the comic books, uh, has been, there's been a push that if she's ever in a show to cast her as, I think there's a there's a strong headcanon for a Korean-American Kate. Um, and I'm not, and I mean, her coloring is right for it. Um, I don't know that she's ever been imagined as Asian American, but it would be awesome to see. But it would be it would it would be one of those incidental castings then. Like Kate is played by an Asian woman, but not doesn't have like an authentic tie to Asian culture in the comic books. Yeah, like Finn from Force Awakens. Oh, I was There's... gonna say the Finn the human. <laughs> I mean, Finn the human also has no ties to being white. He just happens to be because marketing reasons but mm-hmm. in a cast of characters where there's only there's not really any other humans in the show for the most part there's no reason he has to be a white kid he could be asian he could be black he could be latino it doesn't mm-hmm. matter i mean in finn being a boy i guess only matters it's like insofar as they wanted it to matter like the whole princess connection thing and mm-hmm. some of the stuff around me like ages into puberty i guess they could they could have done that more interestingly i think they wanted to but they're like uh like i remember there was a lot of criticism like finn's being kind of creepy and i'm like 13 year old boys are creepy and the reason they get downplayed (laughs) is because they're 13 year old boys and can't do anything but 13 year old boys are very creepy (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh they just normally don't have giant talking dogs or magical swords or like friends with candy people so they normally don't get looked at (laughs) Anyway, 
Yeah. Did you did you want to talk a little bit more about Rogue One now, or do you want to wait? Um, let's let's give it to. I feel like we've talked for a hot minute here. Let's give give him some music, and then we'll come back to it. Yeah, that's fine. That work? Yeah, I think it works. <laughs> Y'all are hearing the music, Yin's cool peeps. So uh, enjoy. It'll be in the show notes, and uh, we'll see you after the break. Hey, welcome back. We are, we have returned. We have <laughs> from that great music. I think you're all gonna like this one. It's it was picked a while ago. I don't know which one just played because I picked a few ones a while ago, <laughs> but I knew they were good before today. <laughs> so, Steph. Yes. Give us some goodness, sand spoilers because I have not seen the goodness. Okay. Let's, we're, we're jumping back into the Rogue One business, if, the the, uh, rogue. if that was not unclear. The the primary Rogue. <laughs> um, it, was a, it was an enjoyable movie. It was a good movie. It wasn't a great movie. My, the friend that I saw it with, we were joking after we saw it, that, um, that I guess all you have to do is whine about a plot hole for long enough, and Lucasfilm will make a movie to fill that plot hole. Um, the, <laughs> the plot hole in question being why on earth was the Death Star built with such an easily exploitable um, weakness? And no, is, is that a spoiler in the movie, like how they figure that out, or is that like the premise I mean, of the movie? It's, it's the premise of the movie is them getting the Death Star plans. Oh, um, okay. But the uh, the reason why the Death Star was built with such an easily exploitable weakness is somewhat of a spoiler. So, okay. I won't share so, that, but... So I've seen many jokes. I have not seen Rogue One, so if this is right, go me for being lucky and seeing the right jokes a couple years ago. But someone's like, do you know how big an exhaust pipe would have to be for such a massive space station? <laughs> like, of course you could <laughs> shoot directly into the exhaust. Like, like it's a giant it's a giant sphere. There's a big hole in the side. It makes sense. But... <laughs> so. It's not just, it's not just um, because of engineering for... Mm. <laughs> as vague of a spoiler as that is, but um, okay, there's a there's a, a plot reason. Not yeah. okay, that's there good. That it's not just <laughs> <laughs> it's not just like that's how thermodynamics works, guys. Like, <laughs> good, good. Okay, but um, but yeah, it's in terms of like diversity, it's a very it very much sticks to the um white lady plus men of color equals diversity formula that they've that Hollywood seems to have patented recently um there's I think one woman of color who has a single speaking line who, or, well not more than one speaking line but it, who is in one scene Aww. with speaking 
lines over the course of the movie. Um, and Felicity Jones's character, I just she's defined a lot by her relationships to the guys in the movie. Um, not romantically, but like paternally. And like like her importance to the plot is very tied to her like fatherly relationships with certain characters. Okay. And so, like, it, she doesn't really grow as a character herself because we don't really get to know her or see an arc. Like, she's not... It's not her skills that the Rebellion's depending on. It's it's who she knows, basically. So it's like getting a job um, in the real world. It has nothing to do with what's on your resume. It's actually just who you know. In this case, <laughs> the people that Jin knows are guys. I mean, what an apt metaphor for, <laughs> for so many things. It's uh <laughs> But she still gets the job before the uh before all of the brown people who accompany her do. Oh, you know, because So you know the She knows all of them, but they don't all know each other or something, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So but um Well it's but, the opposite of Ray who didn't know anybody. Yeah. She just had the skills to get the job. Exactly. And it took <laughs> the whole damn movie for anyone to figure out like she's the one with the skills, go get her. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I I liked it. It was like it was very. We, were, me and a different friend were joking afterwards that like if you didn't get enough of a World War Two feel out of the original trilogy, that this is the most World War Two y of all of the the Star Wars movies so far. So the Sith like, are just full out Nazis now, then. Yeah, well, I mean, like the the Empire's always been kind of full full out Nazis, but um, but like there's a lot of storming of beaches. And like oh, kind of like uh, like Normandy esque stands and like the scrappy alliance going up against the I mean it's always been the scrappy alliance going up against the like the imperial like machine but still like um like lo- like a lot of like like grenades and just like the, the weapons designs and some of the costume designs kind of had like a World War Two aesthetic something about the movie was very like Western Front. <laughs> Hmm, that's interesting. Okay. But, yeah, that doesn't make me question how the Resistance ever defeats the Empire. Like, sure, the power of friendship, the light side, all that and whatever, but it, it just seems a little bit to have the same contrivance that a lot of shonen anime has. Like, oh man, as the bad guys, too bad we blew up the wrong planet because we could have saved ourselves a lot of hassle if we were just <laughs> blowing up the right planet. Like... In The Force Awakens, I guess this is a spoiler, but it's your old movie. The Star Killer base destroys what, like a whole galaxy at once? Yes, yeah, like, the solar system. A whole solar system. It would have been, it would have been more convenient to destroy the one that Ray and Finn were in. That would have saved like Kylo Ren wouldn't like got beat up in the in the forest. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for I what it's know. worth, the, the galaxy they did destroy was the one that had the Galactic Senate on it. Oh, so that was it was a good so there, idea. There was just... an intention there. They just they still just didn't blow up the right people first. Okay, what's well, uh? So could it be argued that the Empire is still winning? Like for the majority of time, they just keep winning. Like they destroyed a solar system and lost a planet base. That's pretty good. That's <laughs> like, yeah. The didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that's a. It, like, they keep just blowing up more and more plant- entire planets in science fiction, and it becomes to the point that, like, you can't even... I mean, not to quote Joseph Stalin, but to quote Joseph Stalin, one death is a tragedy, a million is a statistic. 
a billion, yeah. like billions of deaths, like like an entire solar, highly populated solar system of people. Can't it's even a little ridiculous. You can't even imagine the scale. Like it's it just like oh, that's sad. Like it's sadder to watch Han Solo die than to watch seven planets blow up. Spoiler alert. Because um, <laughs> like another another guy. belated spoiler. Because we actually care. We we know him and care about him and have been tied to him. Whereas we our brains cannot imagine the number of people who died on those planets. So we just don't. We're just like oh, that's sad. That was really yeah. terrible of them. And the way that it was filmed is like I wasn't a hundred percent sure the whole time whether we're watching the reactions of people from the planet that Finn and Rey are on or whether we're watching like planets that are in the solar system as they're being destroyed or as they're seeing the other planets destroyed. So it's like, these are just sad faces that I have no connection to or seem to be connected to anything. Yeah, and I don't know, like, uh, I I went on a, a spin about this on Facebook earlier in the week, but, like, there is so much hand-wavy science in the Star <laughs> Wars movies. Like, I was thinking about, like, if you think about a space station the size of a small moon, which is canonically the size of the Death Star, just leaving a solar system abruptly through hyperspace and then appearing in another solar system. Like, a mass of that size suddenly displacing... I mean, space is a vacuum, so it's not like you're, like, necessarily... Like, it's not like you're displacing water or something. But, like, the the sudden gravitational effects that it would have on the planet below it, like... Do you even need to blow up the planet, or do you just need to move your space station near the planet? Like, I don't know. Throw another uh, planet-sized mass into your into the solar system, and it throws off everything's spin anyway. Eventually, everything dies. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, your friend did put an interesting point that it's like almost necessary, like uh, that there must be some kind of offsetting of gravitational f- pull. Mm-hmm. Whether it's through tractor beams or whatever, because by that same token, like the Death Star would get wrecked every time it approached a new planet. So it might, whatever <laughs> yeah. it's doing to keep itself intact, it must also keep the other planets intact. Which still doesn't hand wave how Endor didn't get destroyed when the Death Star got destroyed. But like whatever, yeah, <laughs> none okay. of this has to make any sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a there's a great line in one of the Mass Effect games that's talking about how. You know, you have to me- you have to be very sure when you fire off a laser into space because it's according not gonna to stop. like yeah. it's not going to stop. It's like if you miss, that's why we check twice. It's this whole <laughs> dramatic thing, and in the context of it, yeah, it should be serious. Like that's a very legitimate point, but in the sense of like our limited scope of space and how we don't have weapons that powerful, it's hilarious to hear somebody talking about this very real concept, like. Bro, if we miss that planet we're trying to destroy with this death laser, someone somewhere is going to have a really bad day. <laughs> I'll have to find that for you. It's hilarious. But yeah, that's a lot about Rogue One and Star Wars in space. And it's, uh... Yeah, so, I mean, go see the movie. Don't expect The Force Awakens out of it. The plot's not that strong. Um, But it's a, it's a, it's a good, good two and a half hours. It's, it's contained, you know? Like, it... You probably probably have to have seen A New Hope for it to make 100% of sense, but the story it tells is distant enough from the story of A New Hope that if you haven't seen it, you could probably piece it together, um, and none of the main characters from A New Hope are major players in Rogue One, although there is some interesting recreation of the uh, the dead and or aged 
with CGI. Hmm. For Inter- to, to not spoil anything. Which I, in both cases, I was a fan of. Some people are a little hotter under the collar about said inclusions. certain Some of said inclusions, but I thought it was neat. <laughs> and Vader makes a dad joke. Spoiler alert. Vader makes a fucking dad joke and it's amazing. Yes! So. That's <laughs> Definitely go to see it. So yeah, so that's Rogue One. Okay. And this next thing I also have no understanding of. <laughs> um, well, I understand it, but I have no bearing on say, why yeah, it matters. So, lovely listeners, the notes for the next thing in the uh, in in our little show notes just says Cecil and Carlos got married. Gaspy face. Um. <laughs> so, at, um, night, welcome to Night Vale. In the last, um, I think on the fifteenth, reached its hundredth episode. Um, which. Seems like it's taken them a long time to get there, but they do they only release twice a month, um, and they have a lot more production value going into their podcast than certain other people I may be friends with or existing, or like be hey. myself. Hey, hey, come my on! My fifteen dollar, <laughs> my fifteen dollar Amazon Prime mic. Um, hey, self deprecation is saved for the comedy portion of the podcast. <laughs> Isn't it the whole podcast? You're right. <laughs> this whole thing's a big ass joke. <laughs> hey. But it kind of it was an interesting episode because they actually managed to they got back every single person who has ever done a guest voice on the show, whether that was like a frequent guest voice or a one time guest voice, um, like Felicia Day, Will Wheaton, um Jackson Will Wheaton, Jackson <laughs> Public, um, a ton of people, um Jessica Nicole, who is also lead on um, Alice, Alice Isn't Dead. She plays Mayor Cardinal. Um, everyone, like Retta, everyone. <laughs> everyone who's ever guest starred on Welcome to Nightville came back. But it, um, it was cool because the way they did it was um, the eps- they, there was no lead up to this. It was, there wasn't like a like many ep- like a, a plot line running through many episodes of them planning the wedding or anything like that. Like there was no like sense of ordeal to it um and it didn't it wasn't immediately clear when the episode started what was going on because it was just each of these different characters giving a toast um and so the toasts kind of gradually become more specific as the uh as the episode wears on like clearly they're toasting cecil and they're toasting carlos but they're not sure why they're toasting them and then finally at the end it becomes obvious that this is their wedding um and everyone is happy and 2016 was terrible but at least it gave us some gay, some happy married gays at the end is, so. is, are they are they both are they both men or yes okay i just i don't know much about nightville and i always knew there was like uh, it seemed like a very queer friendly fandom so i didn't know if these were gender queer people or what no, yeah, Cecil and Carlos are both dudes. Um, from okay. the, from the beginning, like from the very first episode, it's clear that Cecil is romantically interested in Carlos. It doesn't become obvious that Carlos reciprocates for like many episodes. Oh, um, okay. And so at first, you're like, man, this guy is just talking about his crush on neighborhood scientist right on the radio. <laughs> like, he knows Carlos is probably listening to this, right? Hey, you gotta shoot your shot. That's what I say. <laughs> But yeah, it was it was nice to have their wedding be very like Nightvale gets into some really arcane, eldritch kind of stuff, and it was nice to just have the wedding be normal. 
just like a very sweet average nice. nice normal thing like it's one of like the a things reprieve. <laughs> yeah like a reprieve like it's one of the things i've always appreciated about night vale is that the things that are weird are never like marginalizing things like it's not it's not weird that Carlo or that like that Cecil and Carlos are in love with each other. It's not weird that Cecil's ne- niece is in a wheelchair. It is weird that there's a floating cat in the bathroom. Like, yeah, that that seems like hey, this was a the wedding itself was pretty normal, but like there was still some Night Vale stuff going on in the background. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I mean, like people the people giving the toasts at the wedding are like the faceless old woman who secretly lives in your house and like a oh, okay. recording of a five-headed dragon and like <laughs> a computer person like so it's still weird but like the wedding itself wasn't weird it was just yeah. like this okay the people who were attending the wedding were weird but the wedding was as mundane as a wedding can be in a good way okay well i hope to one day whenever i well, I say whenever, if I ever happen to get married, I hope it's not too, too mundane. You know? <laughs> well, hope that it, hope that it's exciting, but not like. Arcane. Or, or no, <laughs> I mean, even arcane could be fun. Just hope it's not stressful. I, there's no hope of that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a wedding. It's like the third most stressful thing that ever happens to somebody. It's a the, positive thing. I was going to say, it's the first living, like being born and dying. <laughs> I don't remember being born. <laughs> it don't matter to me. <laughs> I, I tend to, plus I tend to run away from my problems anyway. So if I remember being born, I'll just run away from it. You see what you see what I did there. You see what I did there. What did you? So uh, <laughs> were you born to run? Was that the? I mean, I was. I was born to run. <laughs> um, typically with my feet and not with apps on the iPhone. <laughs> hey. Super Mario Run way. came, yes it was a segue. Uh Super what? Mario Run came out, folks. Hope yeah, somebody dude. tried it. Uh, I have not because it's not on Android yet because <laughs> they don't want people stealing it. Yeah, I have not tried it yet either, but I am. I'm worried about trying it. Um, Why is that? Because I've heard that it's like a few playable levels, like free to, free to pay levels, and then. The, the full game is behind a $10 paywall? Yeah, it's a $10 game, which is interesting. Yeah, it's interesting because part of it, it's a, part of what about it having a pay-to-play game as opposed to, like, a like fee-to-play, like, or, like, um, pay-as-you-go. Not even pay-as-you-go, but, like, like, Pokemon Go is a free game that has in-game purchase availability. Like, if you want to use real American money to buy pokeballs and like lucky eggs then you can but you can also potentially get those through like grinding basically pokemon's or like nintendo's still making money off of that because people are lazy (laughs) or people like myself don't actually buy music but have been gifted various itunes gift cards in the past (laughs) um and therefore have nothing else to throw away <laughs> this uh, this money that's already been given to Apple on anyway. Okay, well, we're in my we're in my wheelhouse here. So, you're talking about these uh good old microtransactions, my friend. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. They are much mal- maligned. Prob- yeah, and they're <laughs> probably more expensive in the long run than paying $10 up front for the Super Mario Run game. Yes, that's how they get you. Yeah. So, um 
there's uh like two schools of thought here and I'm not sure which the one that makes the most sense but you know it's it's hard to get people you can get almost anyone playing a free game right um but it's hard to get anybody to spend that first dollar like the first no matter who you are the first dollar is mm-hmm. once you get somebody for a dollar you can probably get them for a lot more just since those people see the value they're more willing to part with a second dollar a dollar is not that much but the thing that sucks about these kind of games is that they're generally pretty exploitative with how they want to get your money so pokemon go does it pretty well and that like you could theoretically never spend money um and not have any of the features stuck you know it takes a long Mm -hmm. time to hatch eggs you have to go a place to get pokeballs but if you live in a populated area or you walk a lot with your phone on which was kind of a jerk move that you need your phone open um yeah you could just get all that stuff like through luck and time for the most part Mm -hmm. um but a lot of games are far more sinister with it um usually putting like big timers on it like oh you just hatched an egg you can't hatch another one for 10 hours no matter what you do Mm -hmm. it's like um, like walking 10 hours, like no, just 10 v- hours, or you can buy this little trinket that cuts that time in half. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, people, I, I heard some, I heard like a, an overview of the game and like, yeah, there, there, there was, there's a world where this could have came out with transactions in it. Like, oh, you need to get so many coins to progress to the next level or you can buy them. Um, mm-hmm. and that would have really sucked. But as it turns out from what I hear, it's a pretty good game. If you really... Uh, try to beat it to the lengths which it can be beat. Oh, like if you're really if you're really into it and really playing it, it's yeah, worth like the it. Play. Um, yeah, it does the thing that a lot of Nintendo games do recently. Like if your goal is just to get to the final congratulations screen, like you just want to beat the levels and beat the Bowsers and all that, mm-hmm. it's not going to take you a lot of time. It's not going to be that hard. But if you want to find all the secret stuff, find all the extra paths, get like all the rewards, and really get the game for what, see the good level design, mm-hmm. it's going to take you a lot longer and be a lot more fulfilling. So it'll be hard that way. So Yeah, I think, I I think part of it is just it, it's a sticker shock in terms of apps aren't usually that expensive. Sure, like, that's very true. I'm trying to think of any app that I have paid money for, period, let alone ten dollars for. I've paid for, I paid for a Steven Universe game that was about three dollars, and it was completely worth that money. And I mm-hmm. honestly would have paid five for it. Um, I don't know. I think the app market is in a weird place where you can get a lot more value out of these, but none of us want to shell out that value because it doesn't feel right. Yeah, I think it's kind of it's like like I I think that at some point across purchasable items like across like fields of things one can buy like a an average lowest price kind of settles or like an average price settles like i wouldn't pay more than seven dollars for a mass market paperback i wouldn't pay more than fifteen dollars for a trade paperback like i wouldn't pay more than thirty dollars for a hardback book like those are the standard prices for those formats of book so if someone came to me and said this is the best mass market fantasy book you're ever going to read, but it's $15. I'd be like, what are you charging me $15 for a mass market for? Like, what's so <laughs> great about that? Like, I because I've been... It's, it's like a comic book. Like, the... um, I have purchased twice. They were floppy comic books. They weren't, like, a hardback comic book um, or anything. Or even, like, a bound, like, a trade paperback comic book that were, like, $8 for the comic book. One of them was a, like, a, a Peggy Carter comic book that was, like, a his like a, a bunch of different appearances of Peggy Carter throughout the years, and one of them was the Wonder Woman 75th anniversary special. Um, the Peggy Carter one was actually kind of terrible. I wrote a 
nasty review about it on the blog because I was <laughs> like, why did I spend $9, like $8.99 on this comic book that was not very good? I didn't mind spending that much money on the Wonder Woman one because it was also, it was also it was very good. So I think part, like, people maybe are willing to pay a little bit more for that price point if it's definitely good, but I think if it's not good and you've paid more than what you're coded and you're, like, what an acceptable price is to you, then you're going to hold it to a higher standard. Like, if for I paid sure. $10 for an app game, it better be, like, it better kiss my ass. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Mario better come out of the the game and give me a back massage. Um, That's not one of his skill sets. He's a, he's a... He's a, a plumber. plumber. He's probably got strong hands. Actually, he's like a an athlete, doctor, <laughs> all this kind of... The man, the man is in excellent physical condition to be like 40-some or something. Yeah. Yeah, not actually mean. I've, I've been recently trying to consider my my uh, purchases of, you know, small items, things that are less than $15. Mm-hmm. I, can, I, I start to think of, you know... I've, it's like I've spent more than this for like a drink, like at a bar, you know. Like I've bought a five dollar, mm-hmm. I've bought five dollar beers at bars more than once, but like a shot or something. Mm-hmm. And that if I look at this, I'm like, I look at Mario Run. Am I going to get more than two shots worth of enjoyment out of this? Chances are, if I play it for an hour today and an hour on a different day, the answer is yes. Same with songs and that kind of thing. But it is hard to justify because you know when you buy like alcohol at a bar or even food. There's a limit, like, there's a, your body has a physical limit of saying, hey, no more of this, like, uh. like, theoretically your body would stop before your wallet would stop. But if I'm buying music or apps, there's no fail safe of which I'm like, <laughs> okay, you've listened to too much music today, better stop buying music. It's just going to be like, oh, now I'm broke. Mm-hmm. So it's a hard comparison to make. I've talked about that before, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, especially as somebody myself who plays games frequently and has purchased games like a lot more i'd say a lot more than you have mm-hmm. um well i think also from, go ahead oh i was gonna say it's uh it's just interesting to pay 60 dollars for some games that are a, a disappointment on one way like and then 40 dollars games and even tw- like 10 dollars, 20 dollars indie games you're like did i get as much as i wanted out of this like there are games like full indie games that are a, a f- much probably more more deep than mario run and you get those for ten five dollars, so you always mm-hmm. gotta wonder what's the comparison. Yeah, and I think also it depends person to person what what you're willing to like, where your cutoff is, and like what genre of thing you're willing to make a like make a uh, like a purchase that may or may not be good for because you like that thing. Like I'm more likely to pick up an extra comic book or something because it looks cool or an extra or like go to Barnes and Noble and come out with an extra book that I wasn't expecting to buy on a book that I may not know anything about or a comic book that I honestly just thought the artwork looked cool or something like that. (laughs) than I am to take it or to spend real money or not that I'm not spending real money, but yeah, to spend money on a game that has been like recommended to me as like a great game. Like just because I am more like books are more of my like thing that yeah. I do. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. I'm in the same way. Like I, I feel like there's a better chance of someone if someone's like, hey, you should check out this comic, I'm like, okay, cool. And I see on the shelf I'm like, uh, do I want to spend that three dollars? But if someone's like, Dom, you'd really like this game, it's ten dollars, I'd probably be like, Yeah, okay, I'll check that out. Yeah, and the problem is that 
for me is that I do that a lot, and those three that three ninety nine adds up after a while. Well, that is the that is the, the flip problem. side of that. <laughs> uh, well, but the game industry is a hell of a thing. It sure is. It's a it's it's a monster. Oh, and on the uh, the speaking of Pokemon Go. Yeah, speaking of those homies. Speaking, since we're talking about Nintendo mobile games, we'll jump right into this. Um, we finally. Well, I, they say finally. I say hold the fuck on because I have not caught all of the original 150 yet, or even close to that. <laughs> so you're, you're not supposed um, to. That's the no, game. That's, that's the, the game. Whole thing. <laughs> that's the gimmick. They're finally releasing. I think just a selection of Gen two Pokemon to start out with. Like um, you can catch or you can hatch, but not catch um, Pokemon like Togepi and Pichu. Yeah. Um, so there's probably. What, at least 20 in there, right? Like that, yeah. That's got to be like that kind of a number. Yeah, I haven't hatched any of them yet, but I've only, I don't know whether eggs that you already had but hadn't started walking when the up... Like, I don't know at what point during that the walking and hatching process an identity is tied to the Pokemon within the egg. So, like, I don't... Uh, okay. See what I mean? Like, I, I have seven... I think, like, seven eggs that I've had since before that update, and one egg that I've had since after, and I don't know whether all of them have the same probability of having a a non-Gen 1 Pokemon in it, or whether I have to wait, I have to walk through all those older eggs first. Oh, yeah. Overwatch does the same thing. Like, you can't stock up loot boxes for the next holiday event, which that kind of sucks, but I see why they did it. (laughs) So, I'm... I, I don't... As much as I think Pokemon Go is a pretty neat idea, I don't think they put in the um, the programming prowess to prevent it from doing that. So if I were to hazard a guess, I would say that any egg you hatch, it, it as at the time of you putting it in your incubator is probably when it's going to start. Uh, that that it'll go by the parameters of that time. So I feel like all your eggs will probably give you the chance of being a Togepi. If they didn't do that, I'd be a little bit surprised. Yeah, I mean, like. I'm a. Let me see. I have. Pokedex. Um. <laughs> I've caught 117 Pokemon. And, like, okay. some of those are. Some of the remainings are. Um. Like, continent locked Pokemon that you can only hatch and not. And not catch. Like, I think Farfetch'd is the. Like, the Asian Pokemon. Like, you can only hatch a Farfetch'd. You can't catch it. Yeah, what an annoying um, feature. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize that Taurus was the uh Taurus was the American the North America locked Pokemon. That's kinda um, funny. <laughs> and I was I did and before that I was like really annoyed whenever a Taurus would show up because they don't have an evolution, so no matter how many you catch, like you can't like evolve them for like XP. Yeah. So it's like you can I just power I, them up if yeah, you want you, to. You I can, guess. Like I so I have this like maxed out Tora. <laughs> but um then when I found out that it was the America locked Pokemon, I was like, I'm gonna be real petty and catch as many <laughs> Tauros as I can. That's, <laughs> That's hilarious. the American way. That is the American way to catch this useless ass Pokemon just because no one else can. Yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and finally DuckTales. Ooh. Yeah, that's the last uh, Ooh, you mean. I don't have the vocal range for that. DuckTales. Woo. Ooh. Um, <laughs> that was like a, a Mario. 
Ooh, like a little Ouija. Ouija! Daisy! Um, <laughs> like I said, I don't have good pitch, or I can't sing, so in my head I'm like, you're doing the best you can. When I hear it on recording, it's like, you weren't even close, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're what? New DuckTales coming out? Yeah, new, reboot. new DuckTales coming out, reboot, with a uh, pretty star-studded cast, it looks like. Not like like A-list celeb- like Hollywood movie stars, but like a solid crew of well-known TV actors. Yeah, like David um, Tennant's going to yeah. be Scrooge, right? Yes, David Tennant's going to be Scrooge McDuck. I think Danny Pudi is playing one of the Huey, Dewey, and Louis. Someone else I recognized is one of the other... <laughs> of those three I DuckTales was one of those shows that I watched when I was young enough that I did watch it but I don't have I only have the vaguest cultural memory of it like I don't have any specific memory of any episode of DuckTales so I couldn't actually <laughs> tell you whether I like it or not or whether I like I don't have any loyalty outside of like Oh yeah, that's a thing I watched when I was a kid. The same as I watched Tailspin <laughs> and like Darkwing Duck and every other cartoon. Darkwing that... Duck was dope as hell. <laughs> before you even get into any of that. Okay. <laughs> um, I watched some, I watched some Ducktales. Um, that's where they had Launchpad McQuack, you know, and mm. and Robo Duck, I believe. There was a whole duck cast, ducks and dogs mostly. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, it had some good stories here and there. It had some junk stories. It, it was pretty all right. Uh, I'm trying to remember, they they were trying to get Scrooge Scrooge's money pile, which was mm-hmm. I don't know what their ultimate goal was, and I'm pretty sure they did get it once or twice th- via magic because there was the witch lady. <laughs> uh-huh. Because that's the only way you could transport that much money out of a vault that was reinforced that powerfully. <laughs> But I don't know. There was there were some nice little capers. They went on like some Indiana Jones type adventures to try to get more loot. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember one time they almost died. I think it was the pilot um, because Scrooge was getting greedy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an all right show. I will probably watch a few episodes when it comes out. Yeah, I'll definitely give it a try. I think. Well, I, I have two points that I want to make about this. So I'm gonna if I don't say a second point, bring me back around. But I think it's interesting gotcha, gotcha. that um that. DuckTales, DuckTales, I guess, is the, um, probably the most mundane of the, like, Disney AUs of itself, but it it is very bizarre to me that there was, like, a period in Disney's past where the, they were like, well, let's make a TV show, and they're like, okay, so who's gonna be in the TV show? I was like, well, the character's from Jungle Book, but they're running a private (laughs) airline service for, like, adventurers. Like, <laughs> Chip and Dale, <laughs> but they team up with some other rodents to solve mysteries. Like... With a hot mouse. Yeah, with, like, a hot mouse and a guy who really <laughs> likes cheese. Monterey Jack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chip and Dale were the least interesting people on their team. Yep. <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, just kind of humorous to me. They were like, yeah, well, that... It, like, DuckTales seems like the most ambiguously possibly actual Disney of those series because it's not like it's not set in like a a weird alternate universe where instead of being like the characters in a movie they're something else I guess put it vaguely I 
think I know what you're saying. Like, it's it's not this weird departure from what was already going on. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. There was already like, like vague magic and vague robots going on in the Disney universe. Yeah, so and like the... Hugh, Dewey, and Louie were. It's not like their relationship to Donald or Scrooge has changed. Like, it and there's they stay with Scro- Scrooge because Donald's off at war or something, isn't it? Like he's yeah, gone he, out to the navy. Like he's on a navy tour or something, which, which is, is like which is. As canonical as I guess you get for Donald Duck, because I mean, like, that's unless, like the only thing about him that actually is a thing. Like, yeah, it's just him having an anger problem. Yeah, like unless you like, you have to go all the way back to like '60s cartoons. Like even I guess all of except for Goofy, like all of the Disney like flagship characters, none of them have like a hard and fast canon like movie that you can point to like even like mickey mouse like you know that steamboat willie like the mickey mouse and steamboat willie is not the mickey mouse <laughs> that like exists today like it's not like you can tie like a line back so yeah i think i mean i think the only through line mickey has is just not being able to keep a job because <laughs> i mean he's hunted ghosts he's hunted moose yeah um he's been in christmas he's carols worked- he's been in a- a musketeer, yeah. I think, at some point. Yeah, he he's he was an apprentice that practiced magic, you know. Um, and then he was a king in Kingdom Hearts. So I mean, like, <laughs> I don't think that I, it's but I don't I don't know if Kingdom Hearts is supposed to be canon anywhere else other than in Kingdom Hearts, um, <laughs> because they reference everything else like it's connected. So yeah, I wonder I like <laughs> now that now that Kingdom Hearts exists, is like does. Do the Final Fantasy characters in Kingdom Hearts, like, is that canonically part of their stories from their Final Fantasy games now? Like, did, like, after... Uh, I don't know if it goes that way, (laughs) because I'm pretty sure, like, stuff happens where people should have been dead. I was gonna say, because I know Um, Aerith is in one of the... in the first one, but I don't know if she's there as, like, a ghost or something. Spoiler alert, Aerith dies. I wonder if she'll die in the remake. What are they... (laughs) I feel like, like that's the only plot point of Final Fantasy VII that anyone, like, that's the touch point plot point that'd be like, like, Uncle Ben not dying. I'm tired of Uncle Ben dying. <laughs> he's not gonna die in Homecoming, so. I yeah, he's Yeah, because he's already, yeah. I was gonna say, isn't he already dead? He's already spider. He's already dead, so we don't have to hear that garbage-ass speech again <laughs> that used to have meaning. <laughs> Alright, the other thing, the other thing I was gonna say about DuckTales. Yes. I remembered to bring myself back around. I, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> it's been a long day. Yeah. Um, is the the most comical and both both the most comical and the most common reaction I have seen, and maybe this is a sampling error based on the people that I follow on social media, but the most common and comical reaction that I have seen to the DuckTales... Um, announcement because they put it what they did they put out a video of the new the new cast singing the theme song and the announcement and i don't i don't did not people not know who the whole cast was before that i guess i don't think we did no because when it came out that scrooge mcduck was being played by david tennant like the entirety like regardless of whether or not they are a person with actual ovaries like the ovaries (laughs) of everyone i knew like had like their minor little nuclear meltdown like oh my god i can't believe that i'm going to be attracted to scrooge mcduck does david Tennant have like that hot of a voice um i don't know like i i think that if you have watched him in doctor who and his various other exploits 
for long enough, you're attracted enough enough to the idea of David Tennant. <laughs> but he's like I he's presumably doing his actual Scottish voice in and I like I like his voice. I don't know that I like his voice enough to be attracted to Scrooge McDuck it, coming out of Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> <laughs> Scrooge McDuck's an old ass man, like Let's 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 admit that we're all, we've all been attracted to a Disney character, okay? Yeah, it's called. That's fair. It's, it's, like, that it's called Robin Hood. Yeah, <laughs> that lion's Robin too, and Robin Hood. Or, or or Nala and Simba in that one scene, or Gadget, yeah. but it doesn't matter. The point is, <laughs> Scrooge is still old. Like by that metric, he's still an old ass duck. Yeah, with no like, with none of the like touch point human esque features that make those other characters weirdly attractive to humans i guess one could say he's not very human there's yeah there's just if he's he's duck duck shaped he's got a duck face like his duck body i mean but he has his suit though like that that, the shirt he wears it is pretty dope scrooge mcduck's a snappy dresser i mean i i I had a thought and i already hate myself for saying the thought but i'm gonna go ahead i'm gonna go ahead and vocalize it now but (laughs) man if like that pool of the pool of gold would be a uh, <laughs> probably be the deal maker depending on if, if Scrooge McDuck was up came up to me and was like hey like you looking for like a sugar daddy like be like well you do have a pool of gold that you apparently can swim in so it seems like you're pretty well set up for yourself. I mean, who would not want to have Scrooge McDuck as a sugar daddy? Like, he was born in the nineties. It's like, uh, it's like those posts that are like, if you could, if it, would you suck a thousand dicks for a billion dollars? Goddamn yeah. right, I'd suck a thousand dicks for a billion dollars. <laughs> Do you know how much money I make in a year? Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly one billion dollars because you don't need much more than that. I'm pretty sure I'd be done. <laughs> I mean, what I mean, that? like, do you know how much money I like? I usually make in a year. Compared to a billion dollars, like, I won't make a billion dollars in my lifetime if I work until I'm dead. Like, just doing the, just doing the, the math of this, what's that like? Three hours a day? It's not a lot of time. Like, there's, there's no deadline. There's no, like, (laughs) like, maybe your your car payments do. Like, I'm gonna go suck a dick. Like, okay. I feel like whoever sets this challenge up is going to have, like, maybe a couple parameters. Um, It's not going to be Scrooge, because he wants to keep his money. Yeah. Uh, But probably, like, I don't know, like, the Beagle Boys might have some kind of insight to where this challenge came from. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's one of those, like, internet things that it's supposed to be, like, to catch people out on their, like, no homo-ness. It's like, oh, see, I've like, been lucky with my group of friends, like, and even a lot of comedians are like, they're like, dude, bro, would you suck dick for a million dollars? He's like, if you ever have a friend that says no, abandon that man. He is a liar. He doesn't love his family. Like... <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> he doesn't love his family because for a million dollars, the joke, the joke even is extrapolates. It's like for a million dollars, even if you're that no homo, you can make that person non-lethally disappear. Like, yeah. you still have $500,000. Like, so what are we really talking about here? Yeah, like, uh, even, like, the ones that are, like, uh, my one friend always sends me those things that's, like, like, would you break your friend's arm for $6 million? Like, I mean, 
I'd split it with them. <laughs> they would get. They. I would even split it unequally with them because they're the one with a broken arm. Maybe we could both break our arms and then we both get six million dollars. Like, do you understand the economic situation that we're in as millennials? Like, this. There's the ones like, would you slap your parents for this much money? I'm like, both of my parents would put their head like through a doorway to get slapped by me for that money. <laughs> like, right? They'd get mad at. They're like, you wouldn't slap me for a million dollars? Like. No, I love you, like, uh, not that much, apparently, because yeah. a million dollars would fix a lot. <laughs> Thanks, DuckTales. Thanks um, for bringing <laughs> us to that, uh, <laughs> dick-sucking conclusion, DuckTales. We'll see. Whoa. It's gonna be some weird fanfiction in a couple, in a year. Here's some music, y'all. <laughs> we'll see you after the break. <laughs> Damn it. DuckTales theme song under my breath. <laughs> so if you want to find out who it was, then you can check out our show notes. And it's time for our last little segment of the episode, which is going to be kind of short this week. It's the uh, the shit we got this week segments, and it's the week before Christmas, so I'm not really by myself much. <laughs> Let's be oh, real. Oh yeah, it is. Can't say with accuracy that any of them are even this week's releases because it had been. I, ha- I have a stack of comic books on my table in my living room that I have not yet read from the last, like, three or four weeks, and they've gotten shuffled around so much that I have no idea what order they actually came into my apartment in. <laughs> but one noteworthy one that did come out last week, this like, in, the la- in between the last episode of this and this current episode, is a new Hawkeye comic. It is the first time... Or so I believe that Kate Bishop has been 100%. Like, this is a Hawkeye comic about Kate Bishop. It's not a. It, like, when Matt Fraction was writing it, um, and when the writers who came after Matt Fraction were writing it, it was kind of a half and half comic. Like, so half of the stories would be about Kate, and half of the stories would be about Clint. Okay. Um, this is a Kate comic. It is Kate Hawkeye. But they've always been very careful from the beginning of Matt Fraction's Hawkeye run, which I started reading when I got in, that was how I got into comic books, and so that was four years ago now. (laughs) Yikes. Um, But they've always been careful not to qualify her as the Lady Hawkeye. Like, they tend more to qualify Clint as the Guy Hawkeye. 
Um, okay. So, like, it's not that she's, like, Hawkeye Jr. or, like, Miss Hawkeye or, like, she doesn't, or, like, she's Hawkeye. She's one of the best archers in the world. The previous Hawkeye said, yes, you have every right to use this title. She's a legacy <laughs> character, but she's not defined by, her, her title isn't defined by her gender. It's not like Captain Marvel, like, originally Captain Marvel passed on the Marvel mantle to Miss Marvel but she was Miss Marvel. She wasn't Captain Marvel, and she only eventually became Captain Marvel. Oh, okay. And so that's and, and like for that situation, like passing on Miss Marvel from there to Kamala was different because like Kamala's like a teen. Like she, it's it's one thing to like Miss Marvel was like a and like she was always she was Ms. Marvel. Like it was like. For like the uh, kind of second wave feminism of the time she was introduced, like being Ms. Marvel was a thing, like it was its own kind of statement. Um, right. But not, not so, so much anymore. Much anymore, yeah. So like passing on the le- like the legacy, it, but like Kamala's she has different powers, but she's also a different like she is she's a younger superhero. So she is a junior character to Carol and so it doesn't feel as weird to pass her the Miss Marvel title it would feel weirder to have her be like Captain Marvel Jr. or something because like Captain oh, yeah, is like a military title yeah, that's like, awkward so but Kate is Kate ever since I've been introduced to her for, through the Young Avengers and the Hawkeye comics has always just been Hawkeye like that like like I said like sometimes they would qualify Hawkeye Clint Hawkeye as Hawkeye like H A W K G U Y and then I mean that's perfect <laughs> oh well no because he's not actually a hawk because hawk guy would be hawk would, would be like wings. The, like yeah it would probably have wings but like <laughs> that was like because it was like it's the exact same sound like if I say Hawkeye Hawkeye right. you can't tell that I'm saying different but it looks it looks funny on the page like like Clint is Hawkeye Kate is Hawkeye Hawkeye. yeah (laughs) just call me hot guy from now on (laughs) (laughs) I am the hot guy yeah but um but yeah so I got the new number one of Hawkeye volume four I think I I don't know how the volumes really work necessarily in comic books but it's the start it's, it's a new number one and Kate is the main character. I don't think it's actually going to have Clint in it at all, except it's, oh, it may have Clint in it occasionally, but not as a point-of-view character or as a main character. Um, okay. In the same way that he shows up in other comic books. But, right. Um, but yeah, so it's he about, still exists. <laughs> yeah, he still exists, but it's about... Um, part of Kate's adventures in previous series have been her traveling to the West Coast and kind of trying to make her make her own identity as an Avenger on the West Coast. West Coast Avengers. Um, yeah, so um, this has her traveling back out to California and setting up kind of a business as a PI, trying to do some good. So I think it's going to be an interesting series. I like the first episode, or first issue, not the first episode. Okay. Yeah, but, but that's something Sounds I got. Good. That is a good thing to get. I did not get anything quite so illustrious. But... I guess the closest thing I got, I got the Winter Overwatch event, just like so many other people, so it's not unique to me, <laughs> but lots of cool new skins, some other stuff. 
it's a fun yeah it's still a fun game you know still gotta log in and check it out yeah you gotta log in check it out there's some there's some great skins in there There's some legendary skins which are like the full redos of costumes there's some good Mm -hmm. recolors reaper has one that just is like icy and blue which just seems kind of weird but uh, (laughs) it's kind of lazy it's it's uh well you know they give recolors to some people Mm-hmm. full costume redos other people so it's like part of like the way they do it uh-huh. but um for that quote-unquote tier of costumes it seems like it's still a lot of work because there's like light effects oh yeah um, yeah fair i got one with like lots of ice crystals on it it's pretty dope a lot of the highlight for a lot of people are saying the highlight is zenyatta's skin um he just looks like the nutcracker which is, <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> it's so ridiculous and hilarious um so yeah there's some good costumes in there there was a nice little well, there's an event in there. I hated it, but some people liked it. So, uh, whatever makes people happy. I'm I'm glad it's there. I didn't. You ever not like something, but you're still happy that it was there? Probably. Like, yeah, that's how it was. When you're like, oh, this is not my strength. It's not fun for me. But there's some people that are probably loving it. So, um, and they redecorated some of the levels. So, it, you know, it's, it's a real Christmassy kind of vibe. I was hoping they'd do more than just Christmas. Kind of maybe throw some other wintry holidays in there but mm-hmm. can't get everything that you want i suppose but yeah i feel like i mean it probably went like secular christmas but still like christmas christ like christmases yeah it's definitely secular christmas like there's no there's not like like tracer isn't the virgin mary kind of thing no, like... she, no there's santa stuff like she's an elf uh-huh. like she got an elf costume torbjorn got the santa one um his turrets have little reindeer ears on them <laughs> So, yeah, it was definitely Christmassy, which, you know, I, I have a couple of Jewish friends that were, uh, like, you know, Hannibal. disappointed. Winston, he got a Yeti costume. That's completely not, that's just winter. Yeah. So, I mean, if there's any Winston mains running around, I'm sure they were pretty excited, but, you yeah, know. Yeah, what's I, the, I, uh, I mean, what's the event itself called? It's called Winter. Winter Wonderland. Winter Wonderland. Okay, is, uh, so it's not like, so despite the fact that name of the the event isn't holiday specific they they leaned into the christmas theme they leaned into the christmas but i mean the little extra mode in there is just may having a snowball fight with other maze um which is just winter it's in an it's in antarctica um mm-hmm. hanamura the level that i would believe is japanese uh, that's where hanzo yeah. and genji fought it just has like snow and more cherry blossoms falling so i mean why are the cherry blossoms still blooming in the snow <laughs> I think they got snowed on. I don't remember. Maybe they're not even. Cherry blossoms bloom for like two months or two weeks in March. Like, I, come on. I understand everyone. that, but this is like science. This is science land. They bloom all year round. I don't know. <laughs> I just know that the trees were there, and I know that they're normally cherry blossoms. Okay. I don't really look up that much. They could just be trees covered in snow. For all <laughs> I, know. I didn't really pay that much attention. Yeah. Um, or maybe there's pink lights or something. I don't remember. Who knows? But it's um, industry. it's pretty cool. Uh, so give it a check out if you have the game and maybe you haven't logged on in a couple days, but it's worth a shot. And over the weekend, there was a um, MLG tournament, Major League Gaming tournament. I thought you said emoji. I was like, what the hell is an emoji tournament? Well, my friend, you're about to be, you're about to see some serious (laughs) shit. No, it's a MLG. It's like MLB, but with a G. Um, Gotcha. I was going to say, is that when you send me a drunk text? Uh, yes, because <laughs> I am pro-level drunk texter with emojis. 
That's I've not, done some of my not false. I've done some, right. I've done some of my best artwork thanks <laughs> to Jack Daniels and I'd say Apple, but I don't have an Apple device. <laughs> the Unicode um, keyboard. The Unicode keyboard. See, that's why we're a good team. Yeah. Um, right, carry on about the MLG. Yeah, yeah. Down in Las Vegas, had the tournament this weekend. I I got to watch some of it. Very high level Overwatch. Very interesting to see. Were they playing with the Chris? Like, is is the Christmas skin something you can turn off, or were they like playing this serious like major league gaming tournament and uh, with like Tracer as an elf? So I don't. Maybe you can turn this stuff off. I'm not sure if you can. I I didn't see any maps. I didn't see any matches on King's Row or Hanamura. Maybe I did, um, but they didn't seem to have the winter stuff on. You can always turn the skins off, on mm-hmm. and off. But I think what they try to do is just make everybody have like their their base skin so it's easy to identify them uh-huh. um but i honestly can't remember like i guess it's bad on my part but i just played the game so much that it just kind of all of the games are, yeah it just kind of runs together when people are moving quickly and like doing stuff you just kind of see frames and i was only watching i was watching it from my chair on my tv so it wasn't like a good angle mm-hmm. um i'll go back and watch some of it sometime to see but yeah so it's all in custom match setups so you could probably turn that stuff off like mm-hmm. you probably turn off skins and whatnot. So, um, but the team Envious, Envus, they won. Uh-huh. I saw some of the matches. They were, you know, they were kind of dominant in a way that was like it was still fun to watch, but it almost wasn't fun to watch. Uh-huh. Um, kind of like to make a sports metaphor, a football metaphor, for our friends who may watch that. It's kind of like watching the Patriots play. Like, uh. I don't know, like the Ravens, Steelers, and the Browns. Like, the Browns get wiped out immediately. The Ravens kind of hold up. The Steelers do a little bit, but ultimately, like, well, the team that I thought was going to win end up winning. Yeah. Wow. Wow, what a but, surprise. <laughs> um, but watching some of the other teams play was really fun. Was really fun. Uh, some new strategies coming up. Symmetra got, in this Christmas update, got her new skills and whatnot. So, she's ridiculous. Seems to be ridiculously overpowered now. Went from being like the least picked hero to being picked fairly frequently on defense. So interesting. Yeah, that so the the changes you can make to change someone's whole entire setup is very <laughs> interesting. But yeah, that's what I. And then I had a horrible cold, so that's what I got this week. But <laughs> yeah, I what did you back, get this so. week? Bronchitis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. No, that was my boss, and I'm hoping that whatever she has is not rubbed off on me. Yes, that's that's all one can hope. Well, I'm sure people can hope other things, but that's the positive. But yeah, I mean, I mean, hoping one does not get bronchitis from one's boss or anyone else is a pretty, I feel like, universal thing to hope. Yeah, that's that's a that's a fair hope to have. <laughs> but a hope that I have is that you'd want to follow us on the internet. Say you're liking what you're hearing, you're like. Man, those two are pretty cool. Have some great opinions. A, you're correct and you have fantastic taste. Yeah, good job. And B, you could find as many places. You could find me anywhere on the internet at Brother Dom. It's B R O T H A D O M. Pretty simple, straightforward. Anywhere I want to be found. You can find Steph on Twitter at Captain Steph and on Tumblr at The Snow Queer. If you want to see the cool stuff that she says, you can find this podcast on Twitter. If you go to Character Rev, that's Character. REV, so it's two R's in the middle. You can find us on Facebook. You'll know the logo when you see it, or you can follow us directly if you go to characterrevealed.simplecast.fm. You can get the podcast and the RSS feed straight from there. You can find us on Google Play Podcasts, iTunes, and Stitcher. Please leave a rating and review. It definitely helps us knock out the kinks and get a little bit better. 
And you can find both of us writing uh, slightly longer form essay sort of blog posts at the Lady Geek Girlfriend's blog. That's ladygeekgirl.wordpress.com. Correct. And if you want to hear my very spoiler-filled thoughts about Rogue One, you can check out my post that went up on Monday. Okay, yesterday, if you were listening to this on the first day it came out. Yes. So, yeah. That's everything. I think we knocked it out, right? I think so. We did good. We're professionals, and I am tired. So (laughs) I think we're going to have to say see you later, huh? Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, um... All right. Viewers, until next time... uh, See See you you later. later. (laughs) Bye. Bye.